Good evening, lads and lasses, and welcome back to the Soccer Talk Lads or STL podcast. Tonight, we'll dive into America's earth-shattering victory in the CONCACAF Nations League before taking a deep dive into Euro 2020, even though it's 2021. This is the summer of soccer, and it's a lot to cover, so let's kick off. Tonight is gonna be the one. Cause you faith and no fear for the fight You pull hope from defeat in the night There's an image of you in my mind Could be mad but you might just be right Welcome back to the Soccer Talk Lads podcast. It's been too long, uh, but we're back with a ton of soccer to talk about tonight. I'm so excited. I think from here on out, it's just going to be football for the most part, because I wrote enough from the athletic articles that I'll say football that I'm just used to it at this point. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're here. It's great. Uh, my name is Stephen Ground. I'm joined by I would say unquestionably the biggest supporter of North Macedonia, this side of South Macedonia, Justin Horniker. Justin, how are you doing tonight? I am glad to be here, and I've certainly not printed kits the wrong color, so that no, wasn't me. That would be that would never be a mistake you make. <laughs> and uh, I am also joined by a person who probably knows the difference between Wales and Scotland if he thinks about it good and hard. Ian Peters. Ian, how are you tonight? That has nothing to do with soccer. <laughs> so I do know the difference. But if you're talking about their soccer teams, no, one no, and no. the same. No, one no. and the same. Do you, do you know the difference? <laughs> Uh, One's got a dragon on their flag. That's true. And they win coolest really flag cool. in perpetuity. Um, <laughs> yeah. We're going to talk mostly Euros tonight because I'm, I am I haven't been this excited for a sport thing in a long time, which granted, there haven't been sports things for the past <laughs> year, so that's part of it. But I am so hyped for these Euros. So we've gone all out and previewing them, and we'll talk a lot about that. But first, we would be remiss not to talk about the United States of America winning what I would say is indisputably the most important and significant international contest of the season by claiming the inaugural, no one else will ever be the first, CONCACAF right. Nations League. Just us, baby. But that is our uh, distinct designation after a 3-2 to two victory in extra time i almost called it overtime but that would make me sound like a rube uh on what was that monday night sunday night sunday night tuesday night sunday, sunday. Night. Okay. wow that was that was one of the best games that i have ever seen it was fun you and i were watching it live and ian was watching hockey which is both true but also a great stereotype of this podcast <laughs> generally uh, makes a lot and of sense so we experienced and talked about it live and then the next morning I got to experience Ian going back and watching like 
the I which I can only assume were like the extended highlights. Yeah. And like reacting like scene by scene to like <laughs> and then it was like, oh, we're gonna win this on VAR. And then he's and I'm like, oh yeah, that's not done. <laughs> it was fantastic. So uh either of you, I guess I'll start with you, Justin, since you saw it live. Talk to me about your impressions of uh what I would say wasn't a masterpiece of actual on-field soccer, uh, but was one of the most entertaining soccer or really sporting contest that i've watched in yeah. a long time and we were at this weird pay- place as u.s soccer fans of like we aren't quite convinced they can do it yet like they've shown that they're really good players and then olympic qualifying misses out so mm-hmm. you need to kind of be able to stick in this game and if not beat mexico at least play them really well to like really instill that confidence and then Corona scores in the first minute. You're like, oh crap! Uh, it that first well, half was Corona rough. had to get one last dagger in in 2020. <sighs> yeah, I wasn't going to go there, but <laughs> well, you know, somebody had to. That poor guy's put up with enough of those jokes. He can handle. I'm one sure. More, I'm yeah, sure. it's it's probably not been a good year for him. <laughs> but yeah, the first half I wasn't sure how to feel. It really felt like you know, Gio Reyna got that one back, but it really felt like we we're getting outplayed by Mexico. And then the yeah. second half, we had that was, VAR, VAR decision go our way early. Yeah, really it was the whole game. very nervy is how I would describe it, mm-hmm. especially the second half. Like, Diego Elena scores 79th minute. You think it's over. It should probably be over. And then Weston McKinney is the most clutch man in all of American soccer comes in and shows you what he's doing. Then they go to extra time and Mexico has a lot of the ball and then that goes down in the box, is able to convert, and then goes crazy. That's like my favorite photo slash video yes. slash everything from that moment. Mm-hmm. And it really just makes you think that like, all right, it's all starting to come together. Those are clutch goals. Those are goals that confident teams score. And I, that feels mm-hmm. really good to me. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, um, the save at the end, I'm blanking on our Ethan Horvath. Oh, yeah, we need to talk about Thank how. Uh, I mean, Ethan obviously, the star there. of the whole show coming on for an injured Zach Steffen. And that was a whole that whole scene was great because I really I know it's been talked a lot about in the um, you know, media and stuff, but I really liked the moment where McKinney came over to Stefan as Stefan was spending probably the better part of. 10 minutes or so, so you know maybe five probably trying to like was, maybe if just, i give myself another minute i can come back right <laughs> um and mckinney was the one who kind of came over and was like hey man you gotta go <laughs> you know like we get we appreciate what you're trying to do here but you're clearly not fit um you know which is what takes a lot considering mckinney's you know 21 22 and and stefan is probably one of the older guys on this team at 26 yeah. i think um, but that moment and then, uh, Horvath was just sensational the whole game. I mean, you can't blame the one goal they did score on him at all. He made huge saves that weren't the penalty at the end. And then, and then the penalty save, at the end, like just to say yeah. anything of that. Um, and man, when you knew when they, as soon as they went to VAR, I feel like I knew that handball was getting called just because they couldn't have a third VAR decision go against Mexico. And because that referee was really loving his time in the spotlight. Um, yeah. 
I don't know. Like, I'm so confused with the handball rules on like what iteration of we're on. So I like, I had no idea what was going to happen. I didn't know if that yeah. was going to be called. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think the call was necessarily, I don't have a strong opinion either way, whether it was right or wrong. I just felt like in the momentum of the game that it felt like that had to be what happened. But yeah, I think like you said, it wasn't, it wasn't a dominant us performance, but it was kind mm. of a coming out party in a sense of like, Hey, this is a team that, even when they're not playing at their absolute best, even when they have adversity and lose their goalie and, um, you know, some things like that, they still can find a way to win against their kind of arch rival in their local, you know, federation of, of yeah. FIFA. Um, and obviously the nation's cup is a little silly and a little made up, but, but it's, you still, can tell it's that, still best on best. It was the best Mexican but yeah, team. But you could team. tell that in that game, like nobody thought it was silly or made up. Everybody right. wanted to win it. The fans were violent and wanted to win it. Um, that was insane. Violent. Uh, yeah. The, the players at times were violent. So you could tell that it wasn't, it wasn't a joke to any of them. It was a totally serious game that both teams really wanted to win. And the U S came out on top um you know with set pieces and that's that's not as maybe as exciting to some folks as like scoring a, a goal from 40 yards out or something but it's it's still fantastic and and you need those to succeed at the highest level yeah and it's your star players scoring too yeah. which is the other thing yeah i think weston mckinney looked like a superstar that whole game just in he's gotten of- yeah i think that mood of juventus has made him like such a mature player not mm. just in like he's always been skilled he's always been really good at holding up that midfield but he just seems like night and day he's going to take control of the game sometimes and that's like that's what we need as he seemed like a, a real leader too yeah you know exactly. he's like really an on-field general so ian Which, like watching it is what defensive midfielders should be right it's that, for sure yeah. yeah yeah i mean that's what you want from him but you don't always get so i think it's big uh ian what do you think watching it back and hearing us reading us talk about it on the text chain uh the i mean the text chain seemed extremely dramatic but (laughs) then you watched the game was also extremely dramatic yeah i mean i was watching that really good hockey game and i was like man i'm sure i'm sure whatever is going on in the soccer world is entertaining but this this game is ape and then i realized that the soccer this football match was even more ape um, I don't know. I just like for a game that's what it ended three two, mm-hmm. which is pretty high scoring, I'd say for mm-hmm. for a soccer yeah. game. Um, it just felt very. I don't know. I just felt like there was a lot of different stuff going on in the game, a lot more than you would think. Mm-hmm. I think from someone that doesn't watch soccer as much, or could think that was just like, I don't know, could be two goals, and I really thought maybe that third goal when I just saw the result was going to be in like penalty kicks mm-hmm. or whatever, and I was like, oh, I hope not. I was so happy that it wasn't. I also forgot that overtime um, or or extra time, ad- additional time, whatever you want to call it. What was it called? Extra time. Extra time. That seemed too, or that seemed too time. easy. Either way. Um, Either way. You're fine. <laughs> it seemed that, like, I forgot it wasn't sudden death. Yeah. It's the wildest rule in any sport because these people have already played 90 minutes and they're dead tired. I kind of like, like, I kind of like, now you have like, to Sorry. play 30 more minutes. <laughs> yeah, do and they flip like 15 minutes in. Uh-huh. Okay. But yeah, I don't know. I thought too, the one thing that stuck to me the most out of anything was uh, who was it that scored the, um, the US second goal? It like, went off the that post was McKinney, for a right? rebound yeah it was mckenny he like it willed it in yeah <laughs> i loved it because the nonchalant just do yep. just take that uh just take that and bing and uh yeah 
I don't know. It was just, it was crazy that they had two penalty kicks, like pretty close to back to back, right? Uh, uh, to kind of decide the game. Um, yeah. And then from a, from a normal person's look at us. <laughs> Like, do they do penalty kicks when it's in the box? Like, if there's a if there's a call made, yeah, within there's the an block? infraction. Okay, goalkeeper's goal <laughs> in the box. In the box. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's just there, that game ramped up more and more and more. Like you said, every time yeah. I messaged you, it was like, oh well, this that was pretty crazy. It's like, oh no, it gets crazy. <laughs> and I was like, oh really? Um, that's crazy that they had their backup goalie come in. Uh huh play that well real kurt warner sort of situation yeah i was like holy cow he had made some amazing saves um i always find it crazy when someone can shoot it from like 40 feet out and uh-huh. like it's like an amazing curve and i'm like this dude's just waiting waiting and then just like jumps up like a cat and i'm like mm-hmm. oh my god yeah it was a game that definitely had that building natural momentum and i think as that one tweet we saw was like mexico's manager got thrown out for putting his arm around the referee gently. And that was like the 10th craziest thing. That yeah. I completely forgot game. about There's that guy that like jumped off the platform at halftime. And like, I oh, yeah. forgot about it until somebody said, seemingly, seemingly <laughs> into an abyss. Like there was, he, just, like, he fell. Yeah. <laughs> he might be dead. He might, he could be, we would never know. Uh, Quint Dempsey is a superstar off the, the Dempsey with on. shades. You gotta love it. That's, I think one of the best things that like, I don't want to say our generation, but like current sports media is starting to understand is that like personality is more important than like being a, a tight strategist or something, you know, being an expert, oh, yeah. being a Pierre Maguire, you might say, <laughs> to use a hockey analogy. Like we want, we as sports viewers want people with big personalities because otherwise I'm not watching the halftime show anyway, you know, like no. I, don't, I got stuff to do. I don't care about keith jones's take on the bruins and islanders you know so mm. but if you put somebody on there like her like a quent dempsey or a shaquille o'neal or a ryan whitney in a hockey sense like who has a big personality and a lot of big opinions then i might tune in and listen you know mm. there's a reason not that the ending was appropriate but that don cherry worked for so long on national canadian broadcasts you know because he was colorful and crazy and nuts yeah and if you put it like, you know, who are the two most synonymous American players of that era? It's Landon Donovan and Clint Dempsey. And I am 100% watching Clint Dempsey over anyone in that generation. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a masterclass. I, I, I don't think we should overlook two of them just coming out and railroading uh, Costa Rica and their final friendly of this window. Um, yeah, I mean, they beat Honduras, Costa Rica, Honduras, Mexico, Costa Rica all in the span yeah. of like a week, the, which is the Honduras game wasn't pretty, but they did win. They did um, win. <laughs> and the Costa Rica game was, you know, not, it was kind of B plus squad against B plus mm. squad, but it's still a big win. And I think you can see the confidence build form. And we need that going into World Cup qualifiers because, as we know, qualifying the, for the World Cup is not a guarantee <laughs> for this team. So, um, you know, I think, I think it's pretty likely this year, uh, the way they're playing right now, but certainly not anything you want to take for granted. So any other thoughts on that, Justin, before we move on? No, I think that about covers everything we need to cover. And like I said, it wasn't like the greatest tactical game, but like it was the most fun I've ever had watching international soccer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, 
I think it was probably one of one of the, if not the most fun game of soccer I've ever watched. Um, that I can remember because yeah. these they just were all about it. And I loved it. So um, with that in mind, uh, Ian, in, in honor of the Euros. <laughs> oh, my favorite part. I would think it would have to be your favorite part. This is going to be asking me what places a European country or not, because I'm, I'm fairly worldly. Yeah, you're fairly worldly. That's <laughs> oh, true. He thinks so he that has would it. be, wouldn't you say, too easy. <laughs> yeah, I would, say so. I would say, uh, say so. I wouldn't say capitals. I'd say more... Tiny like, towns. <laughs> <laughs> what's the seventh largest city in North Macedonia? And go. <laughs> um, I would say that what we're about to talk about is... <laughs> nationalities oh it's this sounds like this could go badly yeah this is gonna go very badly for you i just <laughs> want to be real honest <laughs> yeah uh, it's gonna start out there i am i am currently giving you a cheat sheet which quite frankly you don't deserve uh, i don't but, want it. i don't want my undeserved cheat uh, no sheet. no no you did you must you, <laughs> you must <have> you'll <laughs> die without you, it <laughs> you, it's dangerous to go in alone you know oh, yeah yeah um I can't remember all these teams. There's a lot of a lot of S's in Group E. So there really isn't a South Macedonia. It's in Greece. It's just That's Greece. Greece is South. <laughs> Apparently, what happened is they were just going about calling themselves Macedonia, yeah, yeah. and Greece was like, "Yo, we've got Macedonia inside our borders," and they're like, "No, you don't." And Greece is like, "Yeah, we do." And then they were like, "I guess you do," and we'll just call ourselves North. <laughs> also, yeah, like we, we, we can't fight this. <laughs> and we had a North Dakota. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That really is a group of death. Okay, Ian, on this list, you see the uh, six times four, I'm good at math, 24 teams representing uh, in the Euro 2020. Ian, it's called the Euro 2020, uh, believe it or not, because it was supposed to take place in 2020, but then this big global pandemic happened. Yeah. So in this quiz, I will name a player for you. Yeah. And all I'm asking you for is to tell me which country they belong of to. Of all of them? And I guess of, there's one on each. Uh, oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. I can't cross them all. Um, no, I don't double up a lot. But I can't guarantee there's none. <laughs> I know. And there's going to be a guy with a Russian name, but he's Italian. That's I've watched. I've watched F1 or whatever. <laughs> That's it's, ridiculous. That one dude's from Italy, so but be, actually from Scotland. It's not going to be like that. That's <laughs> absurd. So we wouldn't do you know, that dirty. We are going to start with a player that you spoke that we have spoken about on yeah, don't say I've this podcast about. multiple times. You would almost say he's a meme of the Soccer Talk Lads podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is, of course, Robert Lewandowski. <laughs> Yeah. You're familiar. We're all familiar. He's not Corey Lewandowski. He's Robert Lewandowski. He's Polish. Look oh! at this. Right out of the gate. I was taking a sip of water. I never I'm expected strong. him to get it. I just had to find Poland. I had to make sure they were <laughs> And if they weren't, the uh-oh. <laughs> okay, Ian. Fantastic start. Now we're moving on to player number two, and this one may be the easiest on the list. His name is Daniel O'Shaughnessy. Daniel O'Shaughnessy is in this list. Now, Ireland is not a country. I'll give you that. I'll, not, I'll check that off your list. But you've got Wales, England, Scotland. 
Yeah, you do. But the, you can go anywhere. You can leave the smaller island, go to the bigger island, just go wherever you want. That, that seems unlikely. <sighs> Daniel O'Shaughnessy, Ian. Yeah, why, I know. Like, why are you over Because well, he'd be Irish, but he can't be. <laughs> I mean, he seems is, too he easy. Is, but he's not. Right? I don't, yeah. I mean, yeah, it can't be Ireland because it's not a team. Okay, but. okay. I'm just verifying that, you know. I'm going to make sure I have that. Uh, well, Ireland is a team. It just isn't here. I just want to clarify. I just want to clarify that before we get yelled at. Yeah, correct. Thank you. I don't want to piss off the Irish. To all our Irish (laughs) listeners, yeah, those people hold a grudge. So, not those people. Not like that. Not Uh, not like North Irish or anything. No, 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 no. I mean, like, there's one that makes sense because it's the bigger one but then there's also like but that's the one they hate the most mm-hmm. is part of england you would think that but is O'Shaughnessy <laughs> does actually represent team Finland. oh of course <laughs> oh okay and that was too cruel that was too mean there we go there's I we never, we would never and that was number two <laughs> I forgot about that one. <laughs> uh, I don't think I did that any other times. I just couldn't resist with a Daniel O'Shaughnessy. We've got Timu Puki, Ian. Timu Puki. That's got to be Finland. That is okay. Finland, Ooh. correct. Very good. That's the correct. most Finnish name I've ever heard. Yeah. That, <laughs> that, that felt we like love Timu. The, the only, he could have been Swedish. The only the thing switcheroo. I thought was like, will he think that it was Finland back to back? So it couldn't be. No. I mean, Very, it, it did cross my mind. A player we've referenced just today. Well, I open the gates of hell by invoking his name, Dominic Savatsly. How whew, we've referenced both him and the country for which he represents. Although, to be fair, this is a bit of a cheat because he's not technically in this tournament due to injury. However, he is like eight miles better than any of his countrymen. So I think it's still <laughs> within reason. Well, I can cross off places we haven't mentioned. Sure. <laughs> Is he Croatian? Oh, so close. He's Hungarian. Oh, man. I even. Oh, it's okay. I it's okay. It. I, the one you said better than any of his countrymen, literally, I, my eyes went over Hungary and I was like, I don't even know. Yeah. I've never even met someone from Hungary. Yeah, that's right. If you've met Dominic Zabatsla, you would have. He'd be yeah. the best guy. That's right. Ozan Kabak. He played briefly for Liverpool and probably never will again. Ooh. Ozan. <laughs> Kabak. Can you you use his name in a sentence? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Ozan Kabak is a center back that played for Liverpool. Uh, You said that already. (laughs) There are, uh, they might be giant songs written about. The capital. Oh, of the Turkey. Turkey. I was going to be my guess. I don't want hey. to think. You didn't help me at all. You didn't help okay. me at all. I, thought, I was going to guess Turkey. Okay. All right, all right, all right. But is it believe him. better than not knowing? So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you get it right, then technically, yes. Andy Robertson, Ian. I swear, I swear, this is not an O'Shaughnessy situation. I swear. I know, but white white people I mean, with that name can go anywhere. Of course, of course. But I, it's not. There's a few options. I'm not going to tell you that close he's like, together. Croatian or Ukrainian or anything. <laughs> I'll I'll give you this. He he is from a British island nation. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> <But> which one? <laughs> Perfect. There's three. But that's that's a thirty three percent chance. Ian. He's even the captain of his of the team that he represents. 
He's like the Alex Petrangelo of one See, of the I don't like this. Countries. I don't like this because in my head, so you're mm -hmm. on a, I feel like if I reveal too much, then you guys are too much of a kick out of this. But here we go anyways. <laughs> I feel like I would know, even though I wouldn't know, who the captain of like England would be. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't think you would be the captain of England. I think I think your logic is correct. I'll tell you, I'll even tell you, he is not the captain of England. You're correct. Right. Ian, you also, should know who the captain of England is, though. I also think though that you <laughs> for sure will not because he's the most boring milk toast player on the English team. And I say that with love because he's also my captain, but he's very boring. Oh, lame. Um so this guy's this guy's Welsh. Is he Welsh? Uh, no, is Scottish, Scottish. and I, I was wrong about who the England captain was. I just assumed it was Jordan Henderson because he's so boring. But you do know the England captain. That's Harry Kane. So oh, okay. you know, very good. yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course, of course. Uh, Andy Robertson, Scotland. <sighs> Coming now from a team represented in one of Justin's groups, a very interesting and exciting team that I'm sure Justin projected to go very far. Uh, we're mm. talking, of course, about Oleksandr Sinchenko. Now, there are two teams that you'll think this is from, and he's from one of those two teams. Now, you just have to tell me which it is. What's his first name? Is that Alexander? It's Oleksandr. Of course. <laughs> Oh, of course, of course, of course, of course. Is that how you pronounce it? Do you pronounce that, Alexander? I don't know. I don't. Know. That should be it's better Ukrainian. pronunciations. You're correct. Because if he's from Russia, it's Alexander <laughs> I, all the time. I just wanted to say, I uh, Justin almost tripped me up because when he asked that question, I almost said, I don't know. I'm not Ukrainian. <laughs> 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 uh, Emil Forsberg. Ian, this is, a, this is a meatball right down the middle. Don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. I'm begging you oh, not to overthink Swedish. it. Swedish. You're correct. You got it. I just didn't want to say this on accident. I know I've asked, I've, I've asked this before, but Forsberg is like Sweden Smith, right? Yeah. That's so oh, unfair. there's so many of them. It's really <laughs> annoying that some of the best hockey players are all named yeah. Smith. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, Karim Benzema. <laughs> this, is, this one's a little mean. <laughs> Oh, see, so like, you'd be like, you'd say turkey, yeah, but, but he's it's not, not turkey. But he probably is. I mean, but he's yes. not, you know? Genetically engineered in turkey. <laughs> but not genetically modified turkey. Cream. Exactly. But okay, but where are they okay? <laughs> His religion in Europe. Because not everywhere, not everywhere. And we just got thrown off the air. This is the and, last episode of the Cyber Talk Live. <laughs> yes. hey, I blame truly. I blame this truly on bringing whoever creates this. Yeah, this, they're very good. Um, okay. Kareem Benzema, like a benzopine, like the stuff you can get addicted to, reduce anxiety. Sure. Um, he plays for. The Netherlands. I mean, I like the attempt. Yes. It's a good attempt. <laughs> but it is France in this oh. case. Oh, okay. we, we have referenced him. They're, fi they're 50 50. They're, they're, yeah, they're a little touching. They're, real. they're a little 50 50. <laughs> they're, they're one of those that it's like, oh, no, 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 <laughs> going to the wrong neighborhood. This could get bad. Things are fine, but then something but then, happens. Yeah, but then something happens. I disavow. Exactly. I disavow. <laughs> Speaking of things that are fine, but then something happens, it's Luka Modric. Ian, mm, Luka yeah. Modric was 
the golden boot winner at the previous World Cup. So he is a significant player that you should not overlook. I won't. He's someone um, I would buy with Real. I would buy from Real Madrid, and then like three years later, would be like one of the best players in the world in like twenty twelve. I want to say uh-huh. <laughs> probably. What's yeah. his name? Uh, Luka Modric. He's staring. Oh, you're staring at the com- country. You have <laughs> guessed this country already, I believe. Oh, I have. Uh huh. Oh, that's too bad. But not correct. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Croatia. Correct. Yeah. I'll be honest. That helped a lot. I was really leaning. I was really <laughs> yeah. leaning Czech Republic or Slovakia. Yeah. yeah. Well, all all in the same group, or mostly in the same group. They make it really hard over there. You know, those borders get a little bit fluid sometimes. It's almost like they were all part of one big country at one point, and now they're something happened. Was there something that happened? Yeah. Exactly. This episode is titled, and then something. We all used to be little Russias, now we're separate little Russias. Uh, it's hard to be Jewish in Russia, yo. You know the, you know Fiddler on the Roof. Yeah. So, uh, that's the, that's the Fiddler on the Roof. You know that yeah, whole it's thing. It's hard to be Jewish in Russia. <laughs> all right, Ian, we're getting down to the end of my section here, unless uh, Justin has prepared some separate torture for you. Uh, we have. Uh, I almost said his country, Leon Dindonker. Dindonker. There's, I feel like there's very few countries on this list dopey enough to let someone be named Dindonker. That is good. <laughs> he randomly selected. Denmark. Oh, so close. It's Belgium, Ian. One more. Oh, I was so close. Uh, <laughs> Almost uh, there. Almost. Uh, Ian, we've got another one of those then something happened names. It's Goran Pondeb or Pondeb. Uh, it sounds Russian. I'm going to tell you, he's neither Russian nor Ukrainian. Like the dude with four arms and Mortal like, Kombat? So similar to that, except with an A and an N at the end of his name. And probably only two arms. <laughs> as far as I know, yes. Probably better for Although he has been described as the footballing Jesus of his nation. So, you know. So, so they like <laughs> Jesus. To describe, they like Jesus or they like this guy. It was up to you. Pondev. P-A-N-D-E-V. D-E-V. D-E-V. What is happening? <laughs> he looks oh, he looks like that, if that helps. Eastern Bloc, that's for sure. Oh, he's Eastern <laughs> okay. Bloc. No question about that. <laughs> Ian has some strong opinions on European <laughs> politics. This may be an uncomfortable episode. <laughs> oh, I was going to... Oh, no, 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 no. Um, man. There's a... We have referenced this team already on this podcast in joking discussion they are by far and far and away the underdogs of the entire tournament who would be would you wouldn't you say justin you think that's overstating i would say so i would say so it is in fact north macedonia very well done I don't know why that was so, uh, so, <laughs> so extremely so help me if it was like not North Macedonia. <laughs> um, 
I just messed with the microphone on the recording. Give okay, we're sec. back. <laughs> I'm ready. All right, we're back. We're fixed. I got it. I got it. We'll see if I can edit that out in post. Folks, if we're going off the this, rails. If you're hearing this, I didn't. That's the best part. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so where were we? We had just finished Goran Pondev. That means Pierre Emile Hoiberg. I don't like this. Uh, uh, you like this Won't one. be Sweden. You already had Sweden, so you know. Pierre too. Uh-huh. Pierre Emile. But like this is probably another Sweden though. If I were to like Hoiberg. countries that like Yeah, if, if there were <laughs> countries that were in league with Sweden but were not actually sweden if yeah, there was like a series yeah, a yeah, network yeah. of of countries in that region like, yeah, Denmark. what feels like Correct. sweden but isn't sweden he got it he <laughs> got it denmark's one of those in between countries and then this ian this next one yeah <laughs> i i don't think you can get this wrong there's no, no i don't like these I don't gianluigi like donnarumma <laughs> Italian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we end it with I wouldn't know where to think this name was from Perfect. if I, I had that. to guess Jaden Sancho. <laughs> Jaden Sancho. Also, I have one I want to add after this. Oh, okay. This Jayden is your second to last one. Sancho. <laughs> Penultimate Jaden Sancho. Very famous soccer player. He was on the cover of uh, no. FIFA recently, I think. But for real? Yeah. Oh, no, Marco cool. Royce was. Was Jaden Sancho? I don't know. Anyway, he plays for... Uh, I'm trying to think. I forget he, he was on. Borussia Dortmund for the time being? Probably, maybe, almost He's certainly not, not German, playing for Man United here shortly. <laughs> is he Portuguese? He is not. Jaden Sancho Ooh. is actually English. <laughs> and justin you have one all right you'd like to throw at our man's i will say that this is a manager not a player so i just want to i just want to say that first <laughs> but the name is fernando manuel fernandez de costa santos <laughs> who does that man manage <laughs> spain right no Oh, Ooh, you're close. You're you're so close. Oh, now this one's Portugal? No, no, I didn't. <laughs> it's neither. I guess I'm guessing both. <laughs> You'd be one half correct. It is it is the Portuguese manager. He is from Portugal. His name again is Fernando Manuel Fernandez de Costa Santos. That's FM God, I love the DCS. Why? Why would you do that? FMFDC. I believe so, he's yes. just Fernando Santos, but <laughs> Ian, you got nine out of sixteen. You did so good, buddy. I'm so proud so of good. you. I'm so proud of you. Euro 2020. Let's preview these groups, shall we? I have relied heavily on the athletics' excellent coverage of this, as well as although the notes are not as directly from this, I did leave listen to each of Total Soccer Show's episodes on this, although I suppose in theory that is also basically athletic coverage. So really it's just the athletics coverage. So you should you know, be thanks. paying five dollars a month for this podcast. We should yeah, you should pay for this podcast and we just redirect that money to the athletic. That's yeah, how that, that sounds works. Italy is managed by Roberto Mancini. Uh, they are going to host all three of their group stage games in Rome in front of fans, which seems like an unfair advantage. Uh, Italy, you know, has recovered from being one of the hardest hit countries by the pandemic. So good for Italy. 
I'm proud of them. Uh, they will likely play a 4-4-3 with a left back advancing into the attack. And according to their local reporter, they dominate possession using lots of small passing triangles with a kind of intellectual play style inspired by Pep Guardiola. And they are currently on a 27 game unbeaten run. Players to watch on this squad include Manuel Locatelli, a midfielder for Sassuolo. You have to, you, Ian's leaving us. Just oh, no. He's not, though. He's not. I made that up. He just made one big, like, sway as if he was going to stand up, and then he did. Like, if we're talking Syria, you got to put the right pronunciation there. On uh, which? On Sassoli? Yeah, yeah. How how am I butchering it? I knew I would. No, you got it. it. I'm, I'm talking to Ian. I'm saying oh, that okay. he should not take offense. Oh, okay. Gotcha. 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 Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, One of the best central (laughs) playmakers in Europe, says the, I'm sure, unbiased Italian reporter, uh, Fabio Licari. Um, Gianluigi Donnarumma has been a favorite of mine for like six years. And mine. Uh, He was one of the best goalies in the world like four years ago, and he's only 22. Um, He's fantastic. He's taking over from Gianluigi Buffon. They uh, decided to keep it in the Gianluigi family just to make things easy on the rest of the world. Just assume that if there's a Gianluigi in Italy's net that you're going to have a bad time. And finally, Marco Verratti is healthy and ready to impress to drive up his price before a transfer to Chelsea this summer, which is almost <laughs> certain to happen. I don't know how Chelsea, who just won the Champions League, are apparently going to buy every player in the year of 2020. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but uh, it seems to be the case. Um, strategy. For those who haven't read these athletic articles, they have... Just fantastic uh, little closers. It's clear that they asked all these people uh, a series of similar questions. What's your kit like? How do you feel about it? Uh, What's the local chant we should know? And then I think the last one is just, what's something that makes Italian or your nation's fans really angry? Because they always end in like a little rant against Americans. And I enjoy all of them. Americans or, or something else that Uh, pisses off their native people uh they say their kits are unusual the home blue kit is blue but most importantly it has blue socks i hope to never see italy in white socks again as they are so inelegant i think it is one of the best kits in the world i like the france scotland holland and new zealand ones but italy is always style and fashion isn't it Football is the second religion for everybody in Italy. Remember that Italy are not spectacular like Spain, nor physically strong like France, not (laughs) Panzer like Germany, without a Cristiano Ronaldo like Portugal, without a Kevin De Bruyne like Belgium, without many of these things, Italy have won four World Cups at a European Championship and are always one of the hardest teams to play against. It's a miracle, but we know that when we have a real squad, we are the best because we have a blend of German organization and Latin creativity. It has not always happened in history, but when it does, it's special. Fantastic. I want to I want to care about anything as much as that man cares about the Italian national soccer team. Yeah, I mean, I'm for it. I'm, I'm no. <laughs> Moving on to Switzerland, uh, another favorite or near favorite in this group. Um, 
They're managed by Vladimir Petkovic, uh, the player to watch here. The top player to watch is Jordan Shakiri, who is himself 29. However, his hair transplants are just weeks old. Uh, Justin, you're a, a connoisseur of all things hair related. Have you noticed the very obvious uh, plugs and transplants that he's got? It I haven't great. seen Shakiri in a while. Just um, Google Jordan Shakiri's hair. You'll see all sorts of okay. side by sides and everything you need to see. It's, you well, know, the man. I'm, I'm well aware that he was of the fading away variety losing uh-huh. a lot of that uh, it's just oh, a miracle wow. yeah oh, wow that uh yeah it's like listen the full head of hair <laughs> the man is a rectangle so i don't blame him for wanting his hair to at least be full and 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 strong looking you know he's a he's a strange looking person he's got to do his best um but jordan is despite being barely more than a an honestly not super appreciated bench player for Liverpool. He is the sizzle of the Swiss team and manages to always shine on the international level. They rely on his creativity up front. Granite Jaka is the stake. If you will, the sizzle and the steak. You see what oh, I did there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like the it, brains like of the midfield. And then Ricardo Rodriguez, I didn't, because it's just sizzle and steak. I didn't really have a thing he's for him. like the potatoes. But, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. He's the potatoes because he's a versatile defender uh, who can be a nightmare on set pieces. Potatoes um, can be a nightmare. I'll tell you this. When you look up uh, free kick specialists in FIFA, there's only like six in the world. Um, and Ricardo Rodriguez is always one of them. The only affordable one, too. The only one that doesn't cost uh, 50 million minimum. So, you know, he's a guy to get if you're trying to build one of those cheaper squads. Wales is managed by Rob Page, and he's the only manager they've ever had. And I don't want you to talk about Ryan, Greg, Ryan Giggs because no one before him. <laughs> no, nope, Rob Page has been the manager since time immemorial. Uh, Justin, you want to tell uh, Ian about uh, Ryan Giggs real quick? Ian and the listeners, but really Ian, because yeah. he's looking at me very confused. I guess. So Ryan Giggs is <laughs> a all-time great Manchester United player. Came back uh, during those initial manager when David Moyes was there, he was the assistant coach, then mm-hmm. was assistant for everyone, and then everyone wanted him to take over for manager, and it's a good thing that he didn't because things happened, and then Ole took over. When Ole took over, he moved to be the Welsh manager, and then I uh, was brought up on sexual assault charges and was oh. relieved <laughs> of his duties. <laughs> oh. He was relieved. The country was relieved. Everyone was relieved. Hmm. Yeah, just uh, obviously unfortunate, but um, Wales is trying to persevere. Uh, they're a cult of personality centered around Gareth Bale anyway, so I don't know how much the manager really matters. Uh, they're probably going to play a 3-4-3, sitting back on defense and trying to hit on the counterattack with Bale. Uh, Bale is obviously the heart and soul of the team, but at 31, he's basically dead. Um, Kiefer Moore is 28, and he had 20 goals for Cardiff City this season. Ian, what country is Cardiff in? Wales. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> Very good. You didn't fall for my trick. Harry Wilson and Nico Williams and somebody who isn't associated with Liverpool probably uh, will look to prove themselves as the future of Wales in this, turn- Wales in this tournament. Ethan Ampadu, actually, uh, a 20-year-old for Chelsea is another player to watch here. This is Dan um, James Erasure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It is. I apologize. Um I think Wales is a really interesting team to watch in this tournament because it seems to me like, and Justin, you can voice your dissent if you disagree, but it seems like they're a team that could be a a real big surprise if some of their young players step up and like 
are ready for this international stage. And if Bale, you know, finds a couple of weeks where he can be prime Christian Bale again. And on the other hand, if none of those things do happen, they might not take a point in the entire tournament. So, yeah, no, I think that's right. It's such a weird team. Cause like for since as long as I can remember, they've basically been Gareth Bale and like whoever mm-hmm. they can throw on. And yeah, it does seem like they have a good, real strong crop of like players from like 20 to 24 that like eventually are going to be in that golden age, but it's that weird like dichotomy this year. Yeah. I think Wales is only going to get, well, it's hard to say they'll get better without Gareth Bale, but I think they will be a more balanced team in future competitions. Yeah, I think so. Um, And of course, Wales is intimidating looking slogan. uh, Cymru on Bith. Wales forever. And I'm sure I still didn't pronounce that correctly, but I did look it up and it is Cymru instead of Kimru or anything. So that much I do know. And finally in this group, Turkey managed by Sino Gunez. I'm sure I pronounced that wrong. Uh, They are really um, focused on Burak Yilmaz, who has 35. He's their goal scorer. He played his just his third ever season uh, outside Turkey this season, scoring 16 goals for Lille in league. Un, um, very impressive for a 35-year-old. Uh, he is called Kral, a.k.a. Zlatan-esque. the King. Zlatan-esque, you might say. Zlatan uh, plays for a country you'll talk about later, Justin. But he doesn't play in this tournament. Um, Ugarkan Kakir, which is a very Turkish show name. I like, I like that name, though. Uh, 25, playing for Trabzonspor, which I can only ever think of Transponster, whatever, <laughs> Trabzonspor. And Alte Bayindir, uh, 23 for Fenerbahce, which I enjoy saying are both solid goalies. Uh, and Turkey's getting I enjoy us. all of the Turkish team names, I will say. Yes. It's... Oh, for sure. Turkey's a fun team. Uh, but they are going to need a solid goalie in this group. My prediction uh, for this group is Italy, I think, is a pretty clear-cut number one. It's hard to imagine uh, anyone supplanting them. Um, and I'm going to go a little brave here and say I think Wales is going to find a way to take number two in this group. Um, I think Bale will steal a win here. Um, and, you know, I think he's kind of in that sweet spot, as is another player I'll talk about in a minute, where he hasn't been overexposed um, this season. So he's still got his legs, but he also probably has feels like he has something to prove after the season he had. Um, so I think he could be in that sweet spot. And I think Wales has some more depth than people think. Um, Switzerland, I think Shakiri and Granite Chaka will do enough to keep them in the conversation um, as a three seed who can advance Ian because the two seed, one and two seeds advance automatically. And then some of the three seeds also advance. Mm. So, because that would be 12 if it was just the one and two seeds and that wouldn't make sense. So, you know, six, three, and then you just have three people. You have three teams on the, That's on right. the field. That's right. That wouldn't make any <laughs> sense at all. Uh, play, be an improvement. play like I don't know. I don't the know. Chinese don't checkers know. version of soccer. Yeah. Um, two balls. Switzerland, I said, and then Turkey, um, I could be super wrong, but I'm just not feeling Turkey in this group. Um, I, I just don't, I just don't see it this year. How do you feel, Justin? You have any big disagreements there? A, a little bit. I don't think I have that much faith in Wales. I think you. I think in my I'm mind, giving, Gareth. I'm giving Bale, it the best possible spin, and so I don't. Yeah, I think I could be wrong. It can go one of two ways. I think if Bale's on, like you said, and if he's you know playing up to his potential, which is one of the best players in the world, then yeah. But I think. I don't know. He's been so hurt and inconsistent that I almost don't want to count on that. 
So like for me, Italy first, obviously I'd go Switzerland second, Turkey third, and then Wales last. I like it. I think they're still a little bit off from where they need to be. But I get, I totally get that. And I don't think you're wrong necessarily. I definitely think Turkey um, probably can't move above third. Um, And, you know, I think either Switzerland or Wales. That should be a fun group though. Those games are going to be open. I don't feel like anyone, like even as, even though I don't think Turkey is going to advance here, I don't think they're like so heavily outmatched that they won't play these teams tight. There's definitely not a North Macedonia in these groups. Um, no, in this no. group. I also did the notes for group B, so I will go ahead and keep talking. Um, Belgium is managed by Roberto Martinez. Is that correct? Or did I copy and paste it from above? It must be correct, right? It just doesn't seem correct. I should have thrown that at uh, Ian over here. Yeah, he is the Belgian coach. So yes, um, that's oh, right. I, I forgot to a- I forgot to ask. Uh, coolest flag in each group. I think we can all agree it's Wales in Group A. Oh, Although yeah. Turkey, pretty cool. Really, all those flags are kind of cool. So, uh, but Wales is. I've always pretty... never liked Switzerland because it's a square. It isn't actually yeah. like flag shaped. That's always bugged me. I agree. Me. I agree. That does bother me. Um, <laughs> Group B, they're all a little dull, but I think Belgium's kind of cool because, like, you don't see black, yellow, and red a lot. Yeah, I know. It's also Germany, and I get it. I get (laughs) it. Fine. Belgium sucks, and you suck. (laughs) All I know is anytime I see the Belgian flag, I'm like, that's Germany, but not. Yeah. I like, I mean, I like all these flags, but none of them jump out as me as, like, oh, that's. I've always liked, I've always liked the Russian flag in context of when they show it, like in the Arctic, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, agreed. I think that's right. Um, so as I was saying, Belgium, managed by Roberto Martinez, currently ranked number one in the FIFA rankings of world teams. Um, remember that, Ian, there will be a quiz later. 3-4-3, three, three, uh, they're going to play on this uh, in this tournament. This team likes to play from the back with a high defensive line. They tend to dominate and impose their will on their opponent, Christophe Tourier says in The Athletic. Kevin De Bruyne is the conductor. Uh, at 29, he's one of the very best players in the world still. Uh, but he did get his face all smushed at the Champions League final and is going to be wearing a face shield. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how he performs with that. And Romelu Lukaku is a striker for Enter, finished tied for second at the 2018 World Cup in goals scored and is Belgium's all-time leading goal scorer. This is considered kind of the last shot at glory for what they call the golden generation of Belgian football uh, with De Bruyne and uh Eden Hazard and some other fantastic players in that group. Um, and the writer for Belgium said, if success doesn't come, then people on the internet will start complaining again about an overrated bunch of tax dodging players, while 96% are not taxpaying residents in Belgium. But that's football fans sometimes. And that was his whole take. So it seems like a very specific rant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he has thoughts about this very specific thing. I almost didn't take that many notes on Belgium because they're so good. Um, that it's it's hard to almost pick them apart much. Um, mm. So Denmark, I took more notes on because I'm an idiot. Uh, they are managed by Casper Yulman. Uh, they play a four three three or an evolve four two three one. Ian, when I say a four three three, where do the four play? At the front or the back? 
back. Yeah. Woo. He got it. That's what they call it. They don't call it the port. No. No. Starboard. Starboard. They play Starboard. <laughs> um, this is going to be a fairly conservative team, though the fullbacks will seek to press into the attack. Players to watch. And this is the player I, re I referenced earlier when I talked about Christian Bale. This is going to start and end with Christian Eriksen. Uh, he is 29 years old. He's playing for Inter Milan currently. He may have fallen from grace uh, a bit since his heyday at Tottenham, but he is still the engine of the team. I personally think Eriksen had the perfect season to transition into this tournament because he had enough good moments to keep his confidence from being, you know, bottomed out, uh, but not enough exposure to drain him with overuse or take away the hunger to prove himself. What are your thoughts on Christian Eriksen there, Justin? You watch more Serie A than I do, probably. Yeah, he's actually been really good with Inter. Like, I do think he had a little bit of like a confidence crisis at Spurs, mm -hmm. especially like those last couple of years he was there. He's been mm -hmm. one of Inter's better players, and probably with him and Lukaku, like the reason they've been Serie A champs and challenging for that title lately. So, yeah, yeah, he's real good. Um, I was always a big fan of his back in the day when he was still in the Premier League, and now moving on to enter he's been a good fit and yeah it was a while where he was uh pretty pretty rough pretty down on his luck even the transition over there was pretty tough and he was benched a little bit but now he's been kind of back into the mm -hmm. main mainstay of things uh already made reference in the ian quiz to pierre emile hoiberg uh he is currently in his heyday at tottenham uh, as opposed to Christian Erickson, who was formerly in his heyday at Tottenham. Um, and I'd say Hoiberg had a bit of a breakout season this year, but he does need to be protected behind Erickson in this tournament, or he might be a little overexposed. Kasper Schmeichel, son of uh, Peter, right? Peter Schmeichel. Peter Schmeichel. Is 34 already. Leicester City's goalie is the go-to goaltender and, quote, the first name on the team sheet, according to Klaus Ronbjerg, the best goalkeeper Denver have by a mile. Simon Kerr is the captain and another important player. Denmark gets to play all three group stage games at home with fans in Copenhagen, so that should help them advance at least to the group of 16. Um, did I skip some teams in this group? You put the I predictions up before you got oh, to. Huh, look at that. <laughs> um, so remind me to come back there. Um, if you're watching a game with Danish people, skull cheers is usually the easiest way to fit in. It is pretty universal. But us Danes, like the rest of Scandinavia, can be a bit reserved and not very interested in meeting new people. Also, first impressions in Denmark are king. You've only got one chance to make that great impression. Oh, and don't just compare us to Sweden or Norway. Just don't. Yes, we already know we look alike. Yes, we already know that our languages are pretty similar. And we pretty much have the same currency. But we are not the same. What do they we're mean pretty much, pretty the much have the same yeah. currency? Yeah, they're, the same, they're the same. That's the, they're the same. They basically take their currency and they write on it. Say, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, pretty yeah. much the same. <laughs> Just don't ask too many questions yeah, about our yeah. currency. I don't know why this is the Dane from Brooklyn, but anyway. Uh, Finland <laughs> is managed by Marku Kanerva. 
Finland, I feel like, is the country that I'm like most confident, other than Daniel O'Shaughnessy. When I hear a Finnish name, I am most <laughs> confident that that's a Finnish name. Tony, sometimes yeah. though, it's the Swedes like go over the border and yeah. they're like, oh, <laughs> and it's like, no, but he was born in Finland. They're like, oh, then they start, but then, like, by the second generation, they sneak the J in after the B just to remind you. And then they got like two K's in their name all of a sudden. Yeah. Eric <laughs> Forsberg. Uh, yeah, if I see a double K in a name, I know it's Finland. Uh, 5-3-2, rather cautious playing style. Finland relies on its collective team defense to try to eliminate the strengths of the opponent. They try to create traps out wide that can lead to counterattacks. Uh, a guy named Daniel O'Shaughnessy did somehow sneak onto this team, which I think <laughs> is funny. And uh, MLS representing what what Robin Lud of uh, Minnesota United representing on Team Finland. Thank you very much. We'd love to see it. We do love to see it. Future STL uh, City SC player Robin. Yeah, hey, take maybe. Him. Who knows? Uh, Glenn Kamara, 25, plays for Rangers. Where do Rangers play? And what Scottish city? There's only one. You only need to know one. There's two. But it's the one, though. Edinburgh. No, it's Glasgow. Edinburgh. Come on. Uh, Edinburgh's (laughs) make-believe. Oh, they don't like that. Ari (laughs) Vertanen says, I think, well, they feel the same way I do about the Danes and the Swedes. Let me tell you. (laughs) Ari Vertanen says, I think it's time for the rest of Europe outside Finland and Scotland to recognize how good Glenn Kamara is. Uh, his calming presence is key to Finland's chance of progression. And then finally, Timu Puki, 31, aforementioned Timu Puki, is the star of the show up front, be- front, beloved in Finland, and will likely retire as their greatest ever player. I think he has an outside shot to take a top scoring spot in this tournament, because if Finland is going to be relevant at all, they're going to need Timu Puki to do it. Uh, and also he plays for Norwich. So how can you hate a player for Norwich? Oh, I love um, Timo Puki. And that is right. He is the greatest. Um, our dear Ari Vertanen says, we do not have a single word or shout that could be cried out loud after the goal. However, Finland fans do have a battle cry to rally their fans behind the team and urge the players to attack. It's called Hakapal, which translates as cut them down. In the 17th century, Finland was part of Sweden, and the Swede- but don't tell them they're part of Sweden. Don't tell them they're anything <laughs> similar. It's part of that Swedish uh, sneaking over the border thing. Ian's been right. talking about all podcasts. Ian, yeah. Ian's been aware of it since, since the beginning. Uh, in the 17th century, Finland was part of Sweden, and the Swedish army recruited Finnish horsemen. The Finnish cavalry used to shout Hakapal when they charged into their free formation attack upon on the enemy and created chaos. Hence, they were called Hakapalites by the opposing armies. In Euro 2020, I hope Finland will try to cut down superior opponents with the help of small but passionate bands of fans. Um, <laughs> bands I, of fans. I got a soft spot in my heart for Finland. I really do. I All wish the, I was Finnish. <laughs> I do too. That's, it may be a land without sun, but it's yeah. not a land without heart, you know? That's true. Uh, Russia is managed by Stanislav Cherchesov. They uh, will fundamentally play one way and one way only. Hit the big lad up front, <laughs> says Sasha Guryanov. <laughs> Cherchesov has sacrificed talented options with big e- egos in favor of squad cohesion, which is a bold choice when you're Russia to begin with, and your choice of talented options are few. Uh, they play a, they will play a 4-2-3-1 against Finland and a 5-3-1-1 against Belgium and Denmark. I like how their writer just spelled this out. For <laughs> Look, here's but listen, strategy. Russia thinks they might be able to beat Finland, so they're going to 
play a 4-2-3-1. But against the other teams, they'll be turtling all day. Uh, our Tim Zuba is a six foot six and is described by Goryunov as totemic. Plus, he brings a huge personality. He is their goal-scoring threat up front, their target man. Uh, Ian, as a tall person, you might yeah. be uh, sympathetic to the guy who's so tall that they just aim for his head because it might knock the ball into the goal. So, uh, Send him in high! <laughs> Daler Kuzyev, 28, a St. Petersburg midfielder, has been getting itchy feet and would love a move to the Premier League. I just love the expression, itchy feet. Um and then uh, an extended quote from his article, cynics would argue that the head coach, that what the head coach is building is a career in politics. Churchishov started getting calls from President Vladimir Putin during the successful 2018 World Cup run and embraced the idea that his work as the Russia head coach is akin to national service, a duty to his country. In 2020, he campaigned for pro-Putin constitutional amendments, and the Kremlin is on the phone at New Year and on his birthday. It's certainly possible we'll see him in the State Duma. Ah, uh, Russia. Uh, yeah. Oh, Russia sports. Mm. We just love it, don't we? We sure do. Um, if you want to really get behind Russia this summer, he says the best way to celebrate a goal is da, bliat, which translates to <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> I thought you said die. Said the best way to celebrate is die. Uh, and the common problem with English speakers pronouncing Russian names is the stressing of the wrong syllable. Spartak Moscow as opposed to Spartak but we are used to it now. And finally, so I have a question fact, for him. How would he suggest that we pronounce uh, CSK Moscow right back Mario Fernandez? How do we pronounce that? <laughs> he is Russian after all. <laughs> Fernandez, I guess. Um, Fernandez, I don't know. I have no idea. But it's a good question. You do need to ask. Fun fact uh, that maybe uh, Justin will also get into. Russia and Ukraine are actually not allowed to play each other in international football on account of, you know, Russia being terrible. Mm -hmm. So that's fun. Oh, um, I, it, yeah, we'll talk about when I get to Ukraine, but there's some Jersey shenanigans going on. That I oh, for sure. <laughs> I really, I, I want the Euro 2020 to just be canceled because somehow Ukraine and Russia end in like the final or even like the bronze medal game just like yeah. somewhere where they have to play each other and they're just like nope no game for you <laughs> like i know russia isn't gonna win and i shouldn't want them to like finish third or second mm -hmm. but i think ukraine is gonna make it out of their group spoiler alert everyone don't don't fast forward too much but like wouldn't it be great if like second round russia and ukraine have to play and they just like can't play the game so they have to it's like cancel the whole thing it's a whole yeah, just cancel the tournament i just wanted to happen uh and with that with that teaser justin it's turn for it's your turn to do group c all righty let me uh scroll down the notes here real quick scroll down a little bit too fast all right group c consists of austria netherlands north macedonia uh our podcast personal team and the ukraine as i just talked about we'll start off with austria oh first off coolest flag in this group north macedonia right no question we're all agreed yes, no question and the other three countries are very boring so that doesn't help but north <laughs> macedonia is a sun with rays it's hard to beat that so yeah, starting off with God, austria <laughs> managed by franco foda they usually play a 3-4-2-1, um, says Alex Huber of The Athletic. Austria will be one of the most unpredictable teams at this European Championships. Several crucial a, players. 
That's a nice way of saying bad, right? <laughs> Essentially, yeah. It's like we have no clue what to so expect. Could be but good, like, <laughs> it could be, but probably won't be. <laughs> uh, several crucial players have come through the Red Bull system. So expect them to be pretty comfortable pressing. They have quite a few Red Bull, Red Bull Salzburg players. Um, however, Tifo in their recent video about Austria said in three and a half years coaching the national team, the Austrian public has never been excited by Foda, who is the coach. So that's just really good to say. <laughs> really good to hear about your national team coach. Yeah. Uh, players to watch. I'm guessing this is Sasha, but Saza called Zick. <laughs> it's a I don't know why you couldn't pronounce that. <laughs> Sounds very Austrian, by the way. Sasha Kolodzik uh, is exactly what I think yeah. of when I think of Austria. Striker for Stuttgart actually had a really great season, scored 16 goals in the Bundesliga, which playing for Stuttgart here, that's pretty much all they have. And that's who they know they're going to be targeting in the Bundesliga. That's a really good result. Uh, six high score in the league and is also six, six. Another one where they just aim for his head. I think there we go. It's a strategy. Um, also wouldn't be an Austrian write up without mentioning David Alaba, who, although is getting older, is still one of the better players in the world. Ranked 23rd in the FIFA rankings, 125 to 1 odds of winning. Uh, a very interesting team that has a lot of young players with high potential, but are probably still a little ways away from competing. So that's why I think they mean by the could go either way nature of these kids could step up and take that next step, or, you know, they could be a little bit short. I like it. Moving on to Netherlands or. Holland, I never know which one to actually use because they go by both in European competition. Yeah, uh, managed sure by... Very strong feelings. I bet they do. Almost certainly. Yeah. Managed by Frank DeBoer, uh, Atlanta United legend, former, to quote Jose Mourinho, worst manager in the Premier League. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> More MLS representation. You'll love to see it. You'll love to see it. He was fired by Atlanta United for not being able to coach, basically. Uh, play I love style. Jose Mourinho. He's fantastic. <laughs> he is. He's just the best, isn't he? Playstyle is a 4-3-3 where they usually have a pretty deep setting midfielder. You know, the typical Dutch style of soccer, as they say. Uh, players to watch. Memphis Depay, who is only 27, which surprised me because he feels like he's been playing for like 20 years at this point. Uh, currently a free agent, but he's being sought after by PSG and the like. Uh, no doubt Netherlands top striker, but with their other injury troubles, might be a little bit overexposed. Other players to watch are Giorgino Wijnaldum, former Liverpool player, rumored to have signed with PSG today, Stephen. I'm sorry if that makes you feel bad that they didn't get transferred. I mean, I knew it was leaving, but it <laughs> does break my heart. He'll be a incredibly important part of the Netherlands if they want to kind of dictate pace and be in that midfield control. Stephen, if what are I your may... thoughts on Gigi Wijnaldum in general? I was actually going to say, if I could interject... I believe genuinely he's one of the most underappreciated players. I don't want to say in the world because that's stretching it a bit, but he mm. is so good and he was so integral to that Liverpool team. And it's so weird that he's just kind of like walking and they're not getting anything for him. That just feels like a sad end to the saga. But I think he he's really versatile he has the ability to jump up and do attack, but like you said, he's really best at controlling the pace and and just controlling the ball in midfield and distributing it well. And um, you know, I think it 
I think it speaks to that fact when a team like PSG is looking at signing a 30 year old guy mm. um, that he obviously is, is valued very highly. And like you said, I think he's going to be really critical on this team. That's a little uh, undermanned thanks to the absence of another former Liverpool standout. Yeah, as you'll which talk moves about. me on to my next player to watch. Uh, Daily Blind <laughs> is kind of the replacement for one Virgil van Dijk, who probably Blind sounds like a newsletter about coffee. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is your Daily Blend brought to you by Starbucks. Yeah, I, I'd read that. <laughs> uh, Virgil van Dijk, who is probably like, I don't know if I would say that he's still the best defender in Europe, but most likely still the top five defenders in Europe. I think it Europe. speaks about how important he is when you consider the fact that both, excuse me, in both Liverpool's season and now the fact that most people are looking at Netherlands as a non-contender mm. primarily because of his absence. <laughs> like, I think that says a lot about how. Yeah, it just tells you how important those players like Van Dijk and Wijnaldum are with just mm. like their ability to control that we yeah. sometimes underrate. Other important notes, um, they're ranked 16th in FIFA. That isn't, obviously, with the big injuries, they're going to be a little bit playing under that. 14-1 to odds of winning, though, so the odds makers still favor them. This year's kit is based off the one they wore when they won Euros in 1988, so... There we go. Take that, although their kit is usually just orange, so I'm not sure what else you can do with that. Uh, Like we said, Virgil van Dijk will miss the entire tournament, and the questions I have is, is Frank DeBoer just an... An international coach? Is that his strength? Or was Jose Mourinho right all along? That was what we'll learn <laughs> about the Netherlands. All right. Yeah. Moving on to our team. The one, the only, North Macedonia, managed by Igor Marimi Engolovsky. Uh, his nickname is MRME, which I don't know if what how how you would pronounce that. <laughs> uh Play style is typically three five two, but they were pretty, pretty fluid. Although they're quoted as saying, "Don't change a winning team," so they probably won't be changing that much. Not that they really have a lot of depth to be able to. Uh, some interesting players: Darko Volkovski is their best defender. He had a strong season in Croatia. Um, has a really great, has been really great at distributing. So that's over the top kind of route one balls. Uh, other players, Visar Muslio, will be fed on because he's. We got a real fun. We got a real fun group to pronounce here. Oh yeah, I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. Steven. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then finally, they have a 21 year old prospect who's a deep lying midfielder for Napoli. That's Elif Almas. Um, probably like the reason that they had made it this far recently. They. Of course, hired Igor Anglovsky, who has been their coach for the last five years and the reason that they've been marching out the FIFA rankings, but also they have a pretty good young crop of players coming through as well for, you know, a country the size of North Macedonia. They are ranked 67th in FIFA with 501 odds of winning, which is the longest odds in the tournament. Surprise. Uh, other fun fact, they had to recall this year's proposed Euro kit because it was maroon instead of the actual country colors, which is red. Uh, <laughs> how do you nice. feel about that, Steven? <laughs> I feel like that is a, I think that pretty much says all you need to know about North Macedonia at this <laughs> tournament, pretty much. Finally, we have the Ukraine, who is managed by Andriy Svevchenko. Svevchenko is 
former Ukrainian national player, their all-time leading scorer. He's also a former politician and uh, was an Armani model. So Andrei Spachinko has a lot going on with him. Yeah. Uh, they typically play a 4-3-3. Again, pretty deep-line midfielder. I think that's pretty common with these national teams. Players to watch, we have Oleksandr Zinchenko, uh, previously referenced in Ian's quiz. Oh, Ian's quiz. He knows all these players now. Yeah. <laughs> Save them memory. Left back for Man City, played about 20 Premier League matches this season. It's kind of seen as the future of that left side at City. So that's someone to really look forward to. A lot of upside. Actually played really well when he played for City this season, who, of course, won the Premier League and had... A fantastic season all around. Uh, there's also Ruslan Malinovsky, who is a midfielder for Atalanta. Represent. Uh, just had a fantastic Serie A campaign, being involved in 20% of Atalanta's goal this year. So he was very critical in their midfield attack, and they're a very high pace, high-pressing team. So you need someone like that. He's just very comfortable with the ball at his feet. And then you have Yamerichuk. Yurimchuk, sorry, I who has 23 goals and assists and 28 appearances for Genk this season. And that is kind of their top three as far as players we should look out for. Um, See our earlier note about Russia, Stephen, as far as fun facts about Ukraine. They are 101 odds of winning Euros. And we also need to talk a little bit about these kits. Let me kind of bring up this article from The Athletic called Explained Why Ukraine's Kit for Euro 2020 Has Provoked a Backlash in Russia. (laughs) The unveiling of Ukraine's tournament kit has led to an angry response from officials in Russia. The Joma-designed kit, which will be worn during next week's European Championship, features a map of the country in the center of the shirt, which shows the Crimean Peninsula as a part of the Ukraine, and a slogan at the top which says, Glory to Ukraine! And inside it says, glory to the heroes. Russia was not a fan of, of this going on. <laughs> yes, because they have annexed the Crimean Peninsula, uh-huh. which is a polite way of saying stolen it. Right. Annexed As, uh, we put our people here and, and this is ours now. Yeah. Yeah. So fun stuff. Super <laughs> great stuff going on in the former USSR. Yeah, it's super great that they have the potential of meeting each other in Euros, which I'm sure will be a fun time and have no international incidents whatsoever. No, of course not. So give us your breakdown of this here group there, Justin. All right. So predictions-wise, I still think Netherlands will win, even though they are beat up a little bit, even though they're being managed by Frank DeBoer. I still think they're... This is a kind of a weak group in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have Ukraine in second. I think they have that kind of team spirit that often matters in Euros. Uh, they've been on a roll as of late. They have a really fun group of young players playing in minutes, and it kind of feels like an underrated team in general. Uh, third, I have Austria. Seems like there isn't a lot of excitement for that team in general. Um, still going to be a tough out, though, and especially if like Ukraine and Netherlands are kind of looking past them. North Macedonia, we love them, but, I mean, come on, they're not. Really gonna do much here. Yeah, yeah. North Macedonia, very sweet, but it's not gonna be pretty for them. Uh, let's move through Group D. I'm gonna try and pick it up a little bit so we have some time to go into Group F. But we've got Croatia here. They're managed by Zlatko Dalic, 
Uh, I think they had the coolest flag in this group. They certainly had the coolest kits in this group oh, sure. uh, or in this tournament. Um, they have two play styles based on two different strikers. There's Andre Kramerich, 29 of Hoffenheim, uh, who will play a passing game defined by dangerous wingers. And there's Bruno Petkovic, 26 of Dynamo Zagreb, who likes to be more involved playing with the ball, but not a lethal finisher. There is, of course, Luka Modric, 35, Real Madrid. He is immortal, timeless, and everything. He was the player that the team revolved around at the World Cup in 2018, where they finished as semi-final, or uh, runners-up, right, I believe? Yes, runners-up. France? Is that correct? It's been a long time since 2018. Um, And he will likely continue to be at age 35. This may be his swan song, but you never know. He seems to not age uh, or get any worse at any point. Um, They say uh, England could go far and even win it and perhaps become the most hated champions. Some would hate to see Italy winning gold, some Germany, some France. But I believe most fans here would be most disappointed if England would win it due to their arrogance. And we hope to have as many shouts of goal or two meaning yes when they score a goal and the fan song that became very popular in russia will move around europe following dalich's boys until july 11th it goes like this run people run away from the town here comes drunk crew run people (laughs) while there's still hope because croatia is playing here what's happening i I cannot tell you guys how much i love these athletic articles they all have something like this it's so great. Uh, Czech Republic is managed by Yaroslav Silhavi. Uh, Coach Silhavi uh, currently has complete confidence from the Czech FA, players and fans, and he is the perfect fit for the job with the national team at the moment. After taking over the team in September 2018, he completely changed the atmosphere, succeeded in qualifying for the Euros, advanced to the Nations League, and now has goals. His goal is to take the team to the World Cup, where the Czechs have played only once in their independent history. Style of play, a well-organized 4-2-3-1 formation built on a double pivot provided mainly by Suchek and Kral in center field and center midfield, missing key center back Andre Kudela, uh, who received a 10-game ban due to racially abusing Gwen Kamara which is a great look. Mm, Makes me really want to cheer for the Czech Republic, let me tell you. Their players to watch, Alex Kral, 23, Spartak Moscow. Uh, He is likely to make a move to a top five league after this tournament. He also has some of the best hair flow of the tournament from the players I looked up at the very least. So, um, And then Adam Hlozik is 18. He plays for Prague uh, and he looks exciting. He looks on the verge of a breakout. Uh, Their writer for the athletics says russia winning would be awful for us our rivalry is more associated with ice hockey but still applies to football given the history and current political issues but i really really don't see russia challenging for the trophy please god uh remember that slavia is not sparta and sparta is not slavia and you'll be fine in the company of czechs the very they are the opposite of danes they have very low standards for what you just don't get it mixed up (laughs) (laughs) that's it same basic principle but the stakes are much lower (laughs) england is managed by gareth southgate easily the best dressed manager in this uh absolutely Absolutely. if if it was if waistcoats could win you a 2020 euro 2020 gareth southgate would already be on the podium he's gonna play probably a 3-4-3 in close matchups and a 4-3 three when they expect to dominate possession the big question is can their defense uh be strong enough 
to bail out their skill players when mistakes are made. And they are England, so history would tell us probably, probably not. not. Um, <laughs> players to watch in this tournament. Uh, it's maybe ridiculous to say it could be a coming out party for Mason Mountain, who's already a Champions League champion, I guess is the word. <laughs> Winner. Um, yeah. But he's 22 and phenomenal, grossly. Declan Rice is 22 and also phenomenal, a top target of Chelsea. Um, and the best CDM number six on this team, he'll be central to answering that big question uh, that I just talked about of whether the defense can bail out the skill players up front since he is both. Jaden Sancho is 21. Uh, Dortmund is hoping to make Euro 2020, or he is, he's plays for Dortmund. He's hoping to make Euro 2020. Man, Dortmund uh, can make it the start to a very big summer in which he gets paid a lot of money to play for a different team. And Jude Bellingham 17 also at Dortmund is expected to be a true breakout sensation sooner than later. Southgate, I say brings a lot of gravitas to England, but is he actually the right manager, tactically speaking? I think that question remains to be answered, but the good news for England, semifinals and the finals of this tournament, should they make it that far, which they won't, will be played at Wembley Stadium. There's enough historical rivalries, rivalries for English jingoism to be stung by a German or French victory at the final on July 11th, but perhaps the funniest result would be Scotland winning the entire <laughs> thing. And if you're going to be watching a game at a pub in England, bring an umbrella. It's a new phenomenon here where you must be seen to throw your pint as high as the air in as high in the air as possible. Plastic glasses only, please, when we score a goal. I feel like England is they're heavily favored, um, not overall, but they're you know thought of as one of the top contenders. I worry that they don't have enough experience. They seem like they're a real young team, and I don't know if Jordan Henderson and Harry Kane and those types can provide enough to uh, keep them you know balanced. And yeah, they're asking you know, but- a lot out of players who like probably have taken that step as far as like domestically, but haven't done it internationally yet which i think in euros with like the how heavy that england shirt is it's tough to ask them to yeah i think euros requires a team that has some of that consistency steadiness um and i don't know that they have it finally Mm -hmm. scotland managed by steve clark conservative style of play 5-3-2 5-3-2 with three center backs, possibly transitioning to a 5-4-1 against tougher side. Unfortunately for Scotland, they're two world-class players with Justin, due respect to Scotty McTominay, um, are both left backs with Liverpool's Andy Robertson, the team captain, and Arsenal's Kieran Tierney, uh, 24, both being absolute worldies, as the British say. Ian, have you ever called someone an absolute worldie? Never. You should start. It's a lot of fun. I do it now <laughs> because only, of soccer. I only say brilliant. You know. Brilliant. Yeah, that's good. Um, mm. Clark has had to design a system where both can play on the left side and make progress out of the back. So you'll see kind of an interesting formation as a result. They have organization, not exciting football, uh, and that will be the key to their success. Robertson and Tierney are very important to watch. Nathan Patterson is 19 um, he's an RB for Rangers. He's an impressive youngster who could see a lot of action when the left backs want to switch the play. Scotty McTominay, I, uh, you know, 
completely erased from this. Um, yeah, this is you've erased Scott McTominay from this yeah, situation. You've erased Scott McTominay and Dan James. You don't want to right. talk about Man United players. I, I understand. I, I get it. I do it on purpose. <laughs> uh, and John McGinn, 26, Aston Villa, is the ultimate fan favorite. He embodies everything Scottish football fans expect in a player a tireless work ethic, passion, and match winning quality in the final third. Also, his nickname is Meatball. Amazing. So, you know. <laughs> Finally, our writer says heartbreak is always the default expectation whenever Scotland reach a major finals and 10 previous tournaments one way or another their team of the past have always managed to find a way to crash out in the first hurl. This time around there's cautious optimism that run will end, especially after an encouraging 2-2 Euros warm up draw with Holland last week in which we led twice twice twice. If England aren't crowned European champions at the final on July 11th, that'll be a success too though. Um, I do think England wins this group. I know that's uh, for comedy's sake. I should expect otherwise, but they've got a good team this year. I kind of had the feeling about Scotland that you have about uh, Ukraine, Justin. I just feel like they have a little bit of that magic. Um, They're hosting games too, which can't hurt. They're plucky and fun. Um, And I think they have enough piss and vinegar to possibly beat England just out of pure spite, which of course would be hilarious. (laughs) Um, Croatia, it'd be hard. This would be a tough fall and they'll probably take second. I just feel Scotland a little more. Um, but you know, Luka Modric has aged. The whole team has aged. Ian, Ivan Rakitic is gone. Um, they've lost some key players. So I don't know that they're the same team that went to the world cup finals in 2018, three years ago and the Czech Republic. It just doesn't feel like their year. They feel more like a team that's on the come up. Um, that's aging into more relevance. So Justin, Group E and Group F, and then we can let these people free. Let them go. All right, so Group E, we have Poland, Slovakia, Spain, and Sweden. Coolest flag? I mean, I'm going to go on a limb and say Spain just because it's such a classic flag. Yeah, that's a classic. Yeah, but Spain and Slovakia, really both both great. Look at Sweden. I, I like yeah. the colors. I like all of these except Poland. <laughs> Screw Poland, you, Poland. get out of here. Poland's had enough. <laughs> Poland's had a, a rough go of things to begin with. And did something happen there? Is there something I should know? About? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poland is managed by Paulo Souza. They usually play kind of a 3-4-1-2 because they have a lot of strong attacking power. They have Piotr Zielinski, who is Napoli's attacking mid, who plays in that one. Uh, he had 20 goals and assists in Serie A this season and was responsible for 22% of Napoli's scoring. So a very dynamic midfielder who's really good at getting the ball upfield and sending good service, which is great because their other key player is Robert Lewandowski, Robert Lewandowski, whichever way we want to pronounce it this week. He is Europe's top scorer and the Bundesliga record holder for most goals in a single season. So if they can just get him the ball. I don't know if Poland's team is necessarily that strong themselves, but sometimes if you just have a goal score. Lewandowski is strong enough. Uh, Justin, real quick, I'd like to say a prayer for you before pronouncing this next name. Uh, Father, just be with him. Thank you. All right. Starting goalkeeper for Juventus. uh, Wojciech Zezny. Yeah, sure. what do you guys, what yeah. you guys think? What do you guys think? I'm calling it. I'm saying you got it. <laughs> All I'm right. You said the prayer. I'm sure there's some Shashini or something weird in that yeah. back net, sure. last name, but I think I want to Z it. Z, too yeah. Z heavy. Uh, starting goalkeeper for Juventus will definitely need to play that way if 
they have any chance of moving on. I think they need to be have some key saves, maybe be a little bit stronger defensively, and just have Lewandowski on a tear. 81, 80 to 1 odds of winning Europe. Uh, Paulo Souza was appointed after the last manager had a falling out with Robert Lewandowski. So that tells that's you. That's hilarious. <laughs> that's an NBA storyline right there. <laughs> tells you everything you need to know about that team. Yeah. Moving on to Slovakia, they're managed by Stefan Tarkovic. They play in their kind of standard 4 4 2. They don't really have much going on this year or, you know, in general with their team. Uh, Merrick Hemsik, which is their best player, uh, recently played up for Real Madrid, I believe. Then he moved to a Chinese Super League team and then recently moved back to Europe to get some reps for Euros, playing for Sweden, playing for, I forget what team he played for, but he scored one goal in six games. So <laughs> they don't have a lot going on there. And he probably they played for Faryastad or joker at one of those teams they only qualified after winning a penalty shootout against northern ireland so it's uh it's gonna be a rough going for them i believe and especially because they share a group with spain who Mm. is my favorite to win this group and my favorite to go pretty far here managed by luis enrique they typically play a 4-3-3 but a pretty attacking 4-3-3 with a deep line playmaker players to watch marcus Lorente. He's Atletico Madrid starting center mid and he starting center midfielder. He had 23 goals and assists in 37 games. In La Liga is definitely Spain's highest rated player right now. And that's saying something followed by Mikel Orizabal. He's their left winger for Real Sociedad. He had 19 goals and assists in 33 La Liga appearances. And then Rodri is a defensive midfielder, Spain's most important player. He was Man City's most important player this year. And just one of those players, like we said, Stephen, that can just hold down the midfielder midfield mm-hmm. and be pretty creative going forward. The problem with Spain is their goalkeeping, as they'll have to rely on David Dehera and Yuan Seaman. And it's hard to say because they both haven't had great seasons. I think Simon has had a slightly better one playing for Atleti, but mm-hmm. I mean that's a pretty high question. David Dehera has probably lost the starting job to Dean Henderson. He has not had a great like past two years. So that's a huge question mark. Other notes, yeah, I think Sergio the Ramos. soccer show prediction was that uh, Simone would get it because he's a better transition player and a better distributor. Yeah. So and I think that's fair because David Hay has had some real like, what are you doing moments trying to kick the ball out of the back lately? Would those be familiar to you, Justin? Would those be triggering? Those, those would feel slightly familiar. <laughs> I forgot to mention that, uh, speaking of being triggered by Premier League goalkeepers, Simone Mignolet is the backup for Belgium. So, ah, you know, yes. good for them. Good for them. Good for them. Uh, Sergio Ramos is just four caps away from the international record for most cap player, which is funny because he was left off this Spanish team, which is good good because Ramos has gotten very slow. Mm -hmm. And especially in this level of international play in this group they're in, which has a lot of quick players, like that would have been a disaster, I think. So yeah, I like Spain a lot. They're six in the FIFA rankings right now, but this is a much different team than it was in like the Ramos Busquets era. And they're kind of like turning that corner of they were up for Euros, World Cup win. Then they had to rebuild a little bit. And I think they're about to turn that corner. Lastly, in this group, we have Sweden, managed by Jean Andersen. Their play style is typically a 4 3 3, with their player Ekdal typically sitting deep. Players to watch 
Victor Lindelof, who is starting defender at Man United. Not sure if that's really a good thing, though. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Isaac, who is a striker for Al Sociedad. He's scoring half a goal a game at this point, so he's been on fire in La Liga. And then Emil Forsberg as well, which is starting left winger at Red Bull Leipzig. He's kind of a crucial component in their very high forward press. So Sweden is a really interesting team. And I think they're like pretty strong across every position. And that's even funnier considering they called in Zlatan to play to come out of international retirement, but then he got hurt. So he's not playing in this tournament, unfortunately. Zlatan hurt himself. There's no, yeah. no one else could ever right. hurt Zlatan. Because he can't get hurt on his own. Yeah, that's right. That sounds right to me. <laughs> Moving on to my predictions. I think Spain wins this pretty handily. I think they're one of the best teams in this tournament. And I think every other team in this group has a lot of flaws, uh, especially against Poland. I think Poland will eke out in a second just because I have a hard time rooting, betting against Robert Lewandowski. And I think in this tournament, like one goal is enough to put you through. And uh, that being said, I think Sweden finished third, but I think they're one of the teams that has that potential, especially with how this team shapes out to be that other qualifier. Mm -hmm. And then Slovakia, I think, is really overpowered and will not score a goal. They are (laughs) in a rough group. This is not the group of death, which we'll talk about in a moment, but for Slovakia, it may as well. (laughs) Yeah, because I think Poland and Sweden have a lot of problems, but they also have a lot of striking potential as well, which Mm -hmm. for a team like Slovakia, I think will be a problem. For sure. And take us through the group of death. Group of death, which is France, Germany, Hungary, and Portugal. This is called the group of death because you have the last World Cup winner, you have last Euro winners, and then you have the World Cup winner before them, and also and Germany also Hungary, and also Hungary. Uh, cool flag. It, real quick, Justin, Ian, if yeah, you had to yeah. die in one of these countries, which would you choose? One of the four. It's France, Germany, Hungary, and Portugal. Portugal. I think I'd die in Portugal. France. Yeah. Yeah. He's choosing France. I guess I I understand that. Nietzsche. They got, oh, whatever. Nice. 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 (laughs) (laughs) That's what I call it, baby. I think I'd go Portugal. There's (laughs) There's something about that Portugal lifestyle that just has me. Yeah, they they don't care and they are cool with that. They don't care that they're Spain, but they're cool with that. All right, moving on. Group F, the group of death. We'll start off with France, managed by Didier Deschamps. Uh, their mm. play style is typically a 4-3-1-2 because they have a lot of midfield talent. They have Kylian Mbappe, who's probably the best player in the world right now and is only 22. They have Rafael Verone. They have Kingsley Coman. They have Paul Pogba. They have so many just quality players, it's hard to really pick out ones to highlight that being said Verani, he's uh the rock of france's back line usually the first ball out and was heavily relied on by real madrid this year kingsley coman was left winger for Bayern, for Bayern, and probably their best player at a lot of times this year on the left and very creative and especially put him out there with the rest of the talent that's that france has and it's going to be hard to defend them not that it hasn't been, but it's going to be really hard to defend them. The questions I have are, this team also has the potential to just implode, especially mm-hmm. with bringing Kareem Benzema back, who was kicked off the team for blackmailing a teammate. Nice. So, 
not that sure. should that should be good for locker room cohesion, I think. Yeah, and they like supposedly. I mean, they've had a lot of issues in past France teams. I mean, in 2010, they like kicked their manager out of the locker room, basically, and like had a team mutiny. It's never easy sailing with France. So they can either win it all or just implode in the group stage. It'll be fun to watch either way. Next up, we have Germany, who is managed by Jurgi Lowe in his final, this is his final competition of coaching uh, before he steps away. They usually play in a 3-4-2-1. Players to watch Germany, again, a lot of quality players, but they're kind of in a bit of a transition, too. They're currently ranked 14th in FIFA, which is the longest they've been in a long time. They're out of the top 10. However, they have some really good young players coming up. Their golden generation is kind of aging out, but they brought back Mueller. Ashton Schweinsteiger not going to be in this tournament. Ashton Schweinsteiger is out of this tournament, as well as other other steadfast players of that German national team. However, they do have Joshua Kimmich, who is probably Bayern's most important midfielder, and he's coming into his prime this tournament. You have Serge Gnabry, who is only 25, Feels like he's been playing left back at Bayern for forever. And then, of course, you have the Kai Havertz, the Timo Werner, who, like, this young attacking talent that you're kind of relying on to take that next step in this tournament and show they can actually be consistent scorers. So I have a lot of questions about Germany, but also they're playing, you know, last competition for Yergi Lowe. They're probably going to want to play well. And there's a lot of cohesiveness within Germany that you don't see within other teams just because they play so often. Lastly, we have Hungary, managed by Marco Rossi. That's they're not, they're not last, just for, for listeners keeping track at home. Second There's last. one more team. <laughs> I didn't forget about another team. Uh, Hungary, there's not a lot to say. They're 3-5-2. Steven, I've been told that you would like to pronounce the name of this next I would. I'd take great joy in saying <laughs> Dominic Zabatzlai, which I only heard about 11 billion times as he became the central piece and anchor of my incredible Watford team in 2021. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, he is hurt, so Hungary does not really have much. Uh, fun that notes breaks about my Hungary. heart because he really became one of my favorite players that I'd never actually watched in real life. As yeah. soon as I saw Hungary on this tournament, I was like, yeah, I get to watch. And then I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, good news is, Stephen, he'll have many tournaments left to play, I'm sure. True. He's very young and very skilled. All right. Especially so let's move when on Liverpool to... signs him in two years. You know? Yeah, for sure. They, I mean, who else would? Uh, moving on to Portugal, final team we'll talk about here. Like we said earlier, managed by Fernando Santos, also known as Fernando Manuel Fernandez da Costa Santos. Play style, if it's, it's, it's good. Play style is typically a 4 2 3 1. Players to watch, Bruno Fernandes, Bernardo Silva, Ruben Dias, Ronaldo. Uh, they have an incredible depth of attacking talent to the point where Bruno Fernandes isn't really guaranteed to start in this team. Their That's problem is wild. definitely, I know, their problem is definitely <laughs> defense. They still have Pepe as a starting center back, probably. So they have a lot of attacking talent. They have a lot in the midfield and up front, but not very strong at the back. So that's where the potential problems come if they can get broken down and not allowed to score against Germany and France they can come back on them pretty easily I think that being said I have predicted them to win the group I think that attacking power is just too hard to pass up it could go sideways if they're shut down but I don't see that happening I picked Germany in second 
always a ton of team spirit there. They have more experience in chemistry playing against playing with each other. And I think there's just always that extra gear that Germany have. I have France finishing third. Hard to see them finishing out the knockout round, but potential locker room tension and just being the favorites in general could potentially be too much for them. And then I have Hungary in last place. They toast, as you said here. Well, you know, I wanted to talk about kits and some things, but we took a while on this group. So I think <laughs> we saved those for the next episode, which I hope that we do soon because I am excited about soccer this summer. But real quickly, I do want to know each of our underdog or not under it doesn't have to be an underdog what team are you personally rooting for in this tournament besides of course north macedonia who is the official podcast squad ian you have a choice have you thought about uh this? i like croatia wasn't croatia didn't they go far in yeah. the last world cup some runners up in the that's right uh yeah you know i think i think that's cool and i like their kits i think yeah. their kits really nice and that's that's enough for me. There you go. Justin, <laughs> do you have a personal favorite in this? Yeah, I think outside of North Macedonia, obviously, you're researching this. I think I really came to like that Ukraine team. I think they're uh-huh. you know, they're they're spunky, they're up and comers, and they're trying to stick it to Russia on an international stage. And I enjoy that. Mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, I, my go-to is always Germany because I have just enough familiar German pride to be, to make people slightly uncomfortable, you know, <laughs> but um, uh-huh. I, I think I kind of fell for Scotland in the whole um, run up to this tournament, not just because of Graham from the Total Soccer Show podcast. Um, I like, I like um, Scotland because they can claim to be speaking the same language as me but they aren't it's not it's not the same language though that's a favorite of mine so um i think we can call it there because it's been a long episode uh we'll hopefully have another one very soon um but yeah justin any final thoughts you want to share no i think uh i think we about exhausted all my thoughts here i'm excited i'm excited to watch some high stakes european football I can't wait for the banger that is certain to be Italy versus Turkey tomorrow oh, afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> this thing kicks off. <laughs> Ian, any final thoughts for the people? Uh, go Croatia. There in, we go. in Croatia. Yeah, but you don't know what that is. Skull. There we go. <laughs> and uh, I will say whatever they told me to say in Scottish, which I don't remember. But, you know, come Rian Bith for Wales, except that, but for Scotland. And uh, with that, folks, really honoring this we'll country. call it a night. Yeah, Thank you I think for they'll listening. appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Thank you all for listening and enjoy the tournament.